Good afternoon. I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Kathleen Gotard, a professor in the Departments of Physiology and Neurology at the University of Arizona, and the next Tuesday's speaker at the UA College of Sciences public lecture series. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. You'll be talking about the mind-body dialogue. I think many of us in the 21st century think of our brain as telling the body what to do and the body responds or it doesn't. Are you saying that it's more of a two-way conversation? Absolutely. This is the critical difference between how we thought about our mind and body traditionally and what modern science is teaching us. This is a two-way conversation. What are the inputs into that conversation from the body side? How does it influence the brain? This is a fascinating question because different animals have different bodies. Uh, I happen to study animals that have bodies that are very similar to ours. They have opposable thumbs, they make eye movements, they make facial expressions. This is the thing that the body does. Then, then it's signal to the brain and the brain interprets these signals and produces behaviors in response. But when we're looking at this mind-body dialogue, it's worth contemplating how fascinating it is that the structures and functions of the body of different animals that adapted to different environments send different messages, and yet the mind always extracts from these messages what is important for that animal to do and how to interact with his environment and how to interact with other individuals of the same species. So you're saying that when you touch something as well as the tactile sense going into the brain, there's something in you touching it in what you're doing that makes a difference as well? I'm saying that there is a closed loop interaction. The brain is seeking certain type of information, makes us touch something. Then the sensors in our fingers transmit to the brain the features of that object that we touched. Then the brain corrects it and goes further and explores that object further. So we close a loop between the sensing features of our body and the acting features of our body through the brain. What part of the problem are you working on? I am working on this mind-body dialogue from the perspective of the amygdala. What is the amygdala? The amygdala is an ancient part of the brain that appears around the reptilians and is still with us today. And for each animal, it performs a different function. And it's very difficult to summarize this function in just a few words. But how about this? The amygdala takes in all the information that you encounter and interprets it and decides whether this is good or bad or it doesn't matter. This is an evaluator. It bestows significance to everything that we hear, see, do. And it sounds almost like a miniature uh, routing system as well. It has to take a whole bunch of information and shunt it to the right place, right? Yes, it's interesting that you said routing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought about the word routing, but it's not incorrect. I would think about an interpreter or an integrator of all this information from which something more complex emerges. And what emerges actually is this mind-body dialogue. Are there practical implications that you're working on? Are there things that you can study about what goes wrong how? 
as a scientist, it's fascinating to think about this interaction and just to understand how this happened. What are the words that are exchanged? What's the syntax? But as somebody who's trained in medicine, I also think about this mind-body dialogue in terms of its significance for health and disease. I think we have to move away from the model of medicine where we have cardiologists and pulmonologists and gastroenterologists, and then we have psychiatrists and neurologists. I don't think that taking it apart like this is conducive to healing. It's conducive to fixing. We can fix the heart, we can fix the guts, we can fix certain things about the nervous system, but well-being comes from this integrated whole. And for that, we have to listen to this conversation and think about the well-being of our patients that requires more than just fixing one organ at a time. Thanks for coming in, Kati. Thank you. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org. The College of Science Lecture Series is at 7 p.m. on Tuesday nights at Centennial Hall on the University of Arizona campus.